Um, when I was in the eighth grade, I actually got moved up to the advanced English class. Now, in seventh grade, I was just in a normal English class. And the word advanced and Chris Bunch, when it came to school, never went together until the eighth grade. And so when I got into the advanced class, I remember the very first day of school, I strutted into the class and I said, the advanced student has arrived. And uh, I was waiting for everyone to clap. But what I got was Mrs. Morell, who walked into the class. I think we have a picture of her here. The old bat. That was my yearbook. And... Uh, you know you had a teacher like that, too. Don't act like you didn't. Sorry if you are a teacher, but it is what it is, people. And so uh, she was just something else. And she didn't even talk to us in the very first period. She just went to the chalkboard, and she put up this diagram. And this is a diagram of a sentence, of how to diagram a sentence. The problem was when you're in seventh grade in the regular class, you don't learn diagramming sentences. So I had no clue what I was doing whatsoever. And so uh, in the midst of all this, uh, I was getting discouraged. But for six weeks, I just was in the back of the class. She never kind of went back and talked to me. She was the type of teacher that assumed that you already knew this, and she wasn't going to go back and reteach it to you. And she had no desire whatsoever to help me. So I decided I'd be creative, and I would make my own diagram. And so I did, and I, and I created this, a, a tic-tac-toe, and I did that. And she was so, like, petty. She's like, just, uh, just keep doing that. And uh, just be by yourself. And, and I was doing this, doing this all by myself. Folks, I'll tell you, it's hard to play tic-tac-toe by yourself. But if you do it for six weeks, you get really, really good at tic-tac-toe. And now, like, if my girls want to play, I show no mercy. I just kill them. Just like, you know, I know tic-tac-toe. Um, well, as you can imagine, the grade that I got in that class was a D. And it was much better than an F. But uh, back in those days, you know, you could kind of fudge your report card a little bit. So I just added another line. Um, but that didn't help too much either. And my parents found out. And after six weeks, I got pushed right back to regular seventh grade. But, you know, it was a turning point for me in my life because it was the first time that I started hearing some voices in my head that said, you're a failure. You're never going to be a good student. You never academically are going to be able to do much. And these voices kept staying in my head until finally in high school, I remember taking the SAT and I thought, I'm not going to be able to do this. I got a very, very low score. I just barely got into college because of it. And it was all because of these recordings that I had placed in my mind that I wasn't smart enough and that I wasn't the student that other people would be. Have you ever had some negative thoughts in your life in which You've recorded it enough, and it's made you think differently about yourself. 
Have you ever had some thoughts in your life where you place them here in your head and you record them enough to where they become quite deceptive? Now, the reality is, folks, that we live in a world in which there is an evil one. There is someone who wants to place lies in your head, and many times it's easier to listen to the lie, isn't it, rather than the truth. And you know some of those lies. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. Uh, God wouldn't care for me. God wouldn't love me. God wouldn't forgive me if... Anyone knew what I did, they would call me a bad person forever. I'm never going to have any healthy relationships. And over time, what happens is those recordings come into our heads. And unfortunately, like I said, it's easier to believe the lie than it is to experience the truth. And we accept those hook, line, and sinker. And before long, we find ourselves going down a very dark path. Road. You know, I think all of us can experience this at some point in our life, and maybe you're there now. Because the truth is, the life that you have is simply a reflection of the thoughts that you think. Let me say that again. The life that you have is simply a reflection of what is going on in your mind. And this kind of leads us to our big idea this morning. And this is your first fill-in. For those of you on the stream, you can do it on the app uh, on your phone. But here's the first fill-in. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So what we need to learn is how can we kind of master our thinking so we don't buy into the lies what we buy into truth? Well, maybe the person who mastered his thinking, human thinking, more than anyone else was a guy by the name of Paul. Paul wrote close to half of the New Testament and was a very intelligent person, considered one of Jesus' closest followers. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we read these words. For though we live in the world, we do not what? What's the next two words, sir? Wage war. We live in the world, but we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with, and and this is something for you to understand. If you're a follower of Christ, or maybe within this day you want to become a follower of Christ, the good news is, is that God gives followers of Christ some weapons, supernatural weapons that come from heaven. And the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this word world. On the contrary, they have what? What's it say they have? They have divine power. Now, what's interesting is that this word power comes from the Greek word dunamis, which we get our word dynamite. It's a sense of something that's explosive. Something that is miraculous. God's power, His supernatural power is able to come into your life if you choose to follow Him. He gives you a power and He gives you a power for a particular purpose. And what's it say? It says, it is there to demolish strongholds. To demolish the strong strongholds. That's weird too, isn't it? Uh, that's another Greek word, but I'm advanced and you're not. So, um, that's what, that's what that is. Um, 
strongholds, okay? And this word stronghold is very interesting because, again, in the Greek, what it means is a fortified prison. A fortified prison. When you are in a stronghold, you are a prisoner. And when you get locked up in your mind, you are in the prison of deception. Because I'm telling you, folks, it always goes back to what your mind is thinking on. In fact, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7 says this. For as a person thinks in his heart, so they are. As you think... That's what you become. So if you have a personality or you have it in your mind, I can't do it. Guess what? Probably you won't be able to do it. But if you believe through Christ that he can, then all of a sudden you think to yourself, well, I can. If you're always dwelling on your problems and your struggles all the time, you are going to be overwhelmed by your struggles and your problems. But if you're looking for a solution and you think that with God's help, I could find it, you'll find the solution and you'll see God working. Folks, almost every single battle that you experience is won or lost in the mind. Every single battle. That you experience is either won or lost in the mind. Now, before we go any further, what I'd like you to do is pull out your programs, or if you're on your phone, pull that out. And we have a thought audit that I want to take you through. You're not going to have to turn this in. No one's going to see it. But there is a, an audit that we're going to kind of do to, together. Those of you on the stream, go ahead, pull it up on your phone. Now... This thought audit has three things that we're going to look at. But before we jump into it, I want to ask you uh, this question. Over the past five days, so just this past week, what have you been thinking about? Okay? Over these past five days, what have your thoughts been about? Now, typically, there are thoughts that are either worried thoughts or peaceful thoughts. So worried versus peaceful. What does that look like? Well, some of you have worried thoughts and you're concerned about what other people think about you. What they think about your kids. You're worried about money. You're worried about health. You're worried about something else in your life. Whatever that is. You have this tendency to worry about a lot of things. Now, maybe there are others of you that you have more peaceful thoughts. When you go to bed at night... You go to bed with a sense of peace and calm and you're not anxious. And so where are you on that? Are you more towards the worried? Are you more towards peaceful thoughts? Let's talk about another one. Let's contrast a positive mindset with a negative mindset. Which one are you? Are you generally kind of negative and critical of other people? For example, someone walks into the office or they walk onto the factory floor or someone walks in and you see what they're wearing. You're like, oh, my gosh, did you see what they were wearing? Oh, couldn't believe it. Or maybe a guy walks in and all of a sudden he says something. He's like, man, he sounds stupid. Doesn't he sound stupid? Um, do you have an, a personality where you find fault easily? And have this negative mindset, or do you typically have a positive mindset? 
You look at most people and say, you know what, I'm going to believe the best about them. Life is generally good. I uh, kind of have this sense that there is a goodness of God and that God is with me and that God is for me. Are you generally kind of negative in your mindset or do you tend to be more positive? Let's also contrast a couple of things. Worldliness versus an eternal mind. Worldliness versus an eternal mind. What do I mean? Are you kind of worldly in the sense of this? That you're always looking for the benefit to be for yourself. What can I get? What can I have? What can someone do for me? I, 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 I. Or do you have more of an eternal kind of mindset where it's a sense of not the benefit for myself, but what is the benefit for the kingdom of God? What could I do for others? How could I give myself to others? So when it comes to you, where do you tend to be on that when the worldly versus the eternal kind of mindset? And folks, the reason why you have to take this audit and think about it is because Going back to our big idea, your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Now, I just want to be real transparent, uh, transparent here for a moment. And uh, I hope you don't leave the church. Okay, so don't leave the church. Don't drop us on the stream. Okay, uh, but uh, I want to be transparent here. And uh, it's important that you understand, too, that I've had some counseling, so uh, it's kind of helped me with this process that I'm going to talk about. But what I want to share with you is that when COVID first hit here, um, as you guys know, the world stopped. And it's still crazy right now. And we understand that. And it affected everything, but it affected especially uh, the church. In a matter of a weekend, we went from Friday, never have ever done any streaming before, to saying we're going to put up a camera and we're going to hope for the best. And we only thought that was going to be for a couple of weeks, and then we'd bring everybody back and it all be good. And as you know, that's not the way it happened. And weeks turned into months, and one month, two months, three months, four months, we went on until we finally brought people back. But when you came back to church, church felt different, didn't it? We had social distancing. Uh, remember that thing that was my idea that I thought was so great? People will be so excited to have reserved seats. Some of you wanted to kill me, didn't you? You know, those of you on the stream, you got your reserved seat. See, it's good. You're right there where you're at. But the problem was not everyone came back. Some people didn't come back because at that time, if you remember, there was still a lot of concern and people with immune issues, elderly people, uh, people who had kids. There was no vaccine whatsoever. There were all of these concerns that we had. And so some people didn't come back. Other people kind of got out of the habit of church and just didn't come back. And then there were some people that came back. But again, church was different. It looked very different. And I remember that I thought, well, this is going to turn around pretty quickly. And then weeks turned into months and months into years. And then about 18 months, I just kind of got a disease. I didn't get COVID. I got this disease. I bet you've gotten it before, too. Stinking thinking. You ever get that before? 
All of a sudden, you just start thinking in your mind, everything stinks. And all of a sudden, these recordings started coming. I'm a failure. I'm not a good communicator. I'm not a good leader. The church won't survive. The church will never grow again. This is all on me. And these thoughts kept coming in, racing in my mind. And my wife was like, well, you need some help. And uh, you all know that anyways. And so I got some counseling, read some books. I started asking God, God, change my attitude. And this past September... I went on a two-day retreat where I fasted and prayed. And in the second day, it wasn't an audible voice, but just in my spirit, I felt this sense that God said, Chris, I've still got my grip on you. I still have my grip on you. And I love you, and I'm for you, and we're going to get through this thing. And remember, Chris, you don't own the church. I do. So you do what I've called you to do, and I'll take care of the rest. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this before, but maybe you memorize a scripture at some point in your life, and you're like, I'll never forget that scripture. And then over time, you kind of forget it. And that's what happened to me. But during those couple of days, God reminded me of verse 5, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, which says this, I capture every thought and I make it obey Jesus Christ. I capture every negative, wrong thought and I make it obey Jesus Christ. And over the past few months, that's the verse that I've been trying to live by. I capture every thought, whatever it is, And if it's not a good thought, I'm making it obey Jesus Christ. And the trajectory of my life has started to turn. My attitude has changed. There's more hope because I can capture every thought and make it obey Christ. Because your life is moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And no matter who you are, that's where your thoughts go. Now, for the rest of our time, what I simply want to do is I want to give to you two thoughts that I need you to think about this week and to answer for yourself. And then we'll talk about it more over the next three weeks as we talk about how do we remind ourselves? How do we transform our minds? Now, the first one is this. It's your next fill-in. And it is to identify the number one stronghold That is holding you back. What is the number one stronghold that is holding you back? Remember, we said that a stronghold was a prison that the evil one tries to lie to you and give you deception in your head. It's that negative self-talk. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. Your past is too bad for God to use you. You can't trust anybody. God could never forgive you for what you did and on and on and on. And so what happens is, is that this number one stronghold, if we don't name it, if we don't identify it, it becomes overwhelming. Now, this is the good news that your brain can redesign itself all around your thoughts. 
Your brain can redesign itself around its thoughts. But rather than me talking about something that I don't know that well, and that is medical science of the brain, I've invited uh, what I think is the number one doctor in the world. That's who you're getting today. And that is uh, my wife, Jennifer, who's going to talk about how we can redesign our brains. And as she comes to the stage, let's give her a hand. Number one doctor in the world. Pretty strong. <laughs> I don't think I would agree with that. But I will admit that brain science is one of my favorite areas of medicine. And... Um, I really am always fascinated about how our brain works and how our brain adapts. And so I'm excited to be able to chat with you for a couple of minutes here. Um, but uh, I will say that Chris is right when he, can, and when he refers to that concept of our brain sort of designing itself around our thoughts. Um, every thought generates a neurochemical change. And it's probably a good thing that um, I'm limited in the amount of time that I have with you today um, because I really geek out on these things. And so um, I will only be able to share a little bit about um, our brain chemistry and how um, certain brain chemicals work. Um, so one of the most important chemicals in our brain is called dopamine. Dopamine is involved in lots of different things, but one of the things that dopamine does is it works in the area of reinforcement of our behavior and our reward system in the brain. So if we think of a positive thought, our brain gives us a reward and a little bit of dopamine. Um, so if we hear some good news, we get dopamine. If someone tells us, hey, you look nice today, dopamine. Uh, if someone gives us a lot of likes on our Instagram posts or our Facebook posts, um, then we get dopamine. If uh, you see some really cute shoes, you get dopamine, right? So um, when we activate that brain pathway that involves dopamine, the brain's like, ooh, I like that. And so the brain invites us to repeat that activity. And it also, interestingly, goes to the memory center of our brain so that our brain will pay very close attention to the details of that sequence so that we'll be able to reproduce it so that we can get dopamine again. So we get this little bit of a natural high from our own brain hormones, and our brain tells us, say, repeat that action, do that again, and then we create what's called a neural pathway. So this is kind of like if you're taking a hike in the woods and you always kind of go the same trail, you see that trail is very well worn in your brain, you can kind of just go that trail without even thinking of it. Similar to like if you're driving to work, you don't really think about how you're driving to work because you're used to it and your brain's used to that pathway. So one day you decide you're going to take a different trail in the, in the woods. It might be a little bit overgrown, there might be grass on the path, that sort of thing, but you go through that shortcut. And then the next time you go through that shortcut, and pretty soon, right, it's much easier to go that same path um, than it was the very first time that you did that. That's kind of the same idea, is that you're creating a pathway, carving out a neural pathway in your brain. So the more you think a certain thought, the easier it is to keep thinking that thought. So if our thoughts are positive, and this is a good thought, then these pathways are good, right? But the problem is sometimes these thoughts are not as healthy, um, and they can be negative thoughts, and our brain is still very used to that pathway and that response. So for instance, if you're angry and your general response when you're angry is to start yelling, 
which all of us, I'm sure, have had moments when we do that, myself included. But if that's your normal response to sort of chaos or, or anger in your life, then your brain will easily just go straight to yelling. Or if maybe you're sad or depressed in the way that you handle your sadness um, is to go to the refrigerator and find something to eat. And that's how you get sort of that dopamine um, release when um, you're feeling sad to make yourself feel better. We know that that's not the healthiest thing to do, though, right? So your default pathway um, is, is in control at that point. We all have our default pathways. Many of you who know me, one of my default pathways is coffee. Um, whether I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm content or I'm in a meeting, it's coffee. <laughs> so we all have our, our, our uh, default pathways, right? But this is why the brain is so powerful. And one of the reasons that I love the scripture that we find in Romans, because it says, do not conform to the patterns or pathways, right, of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So it's our mind that helps us to be transformed, um, and the renewing of that mind helps us in that transformation um, process. So we can capture these thoughts, and we can carve out and make new pathways in our brain. We can make new responses. We can make healthier responses. Um, So, for instance, if I typically yell when I'm angry, I might say, next time I'm angry, I'm going to take five and ten seconds, and I'm just going to take a deep breath, and I'm going to count to ten. Or I'm going to go out and I'm going to take a five-minute walk instead of yelling, right? So then when you do that, you feel so good about yourself and that choice that you made. Guess what that generates? Dopamine. And so if you continue that pathway, then you are carving out and creating a new pathway that's healthier. So um, it's a pathway that you, can, that you can grow that will honor God and that will allow God to work in your life. Um, because he is for you. He wants to bless you. He wants good things for you. Um, and when you think these thoughts and you carve out these new pathways, you really can transform your mind. Let's give Jen a hand real quick. Um, you know, one of the things that helps me is when Jennifer will actually send me a text and go, I miss you. Come home. And you know what happens? dopamine uh and all of a sudden i get this yeah i need to get home that's in my head i need to get home now after jen taught us about the power of the brain and the chemical changes uh it can give um this has the power to change our lives so how can this change our lives well we change our thinking by pushing away the lies of the enemy And we reprogram it with the truth of God. Again, she just gave a passage in Romans chapter 12 where Paul is speaking. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't conform to those pathways, not the ways of the world, but instead be transformed, be changed by the renewing of your mind. Science calls it rewiring. God's word talks it renewing your mind. So, this week, what I want to encourage you to do is to identify what are those strongholds. Maybe for some of you, yours is, I'm not lovable. And that controls your brain. Maybe for others of you, I'm not good enough. Maybe for somebody else, it's, I'm never going to have a meaningful relationship. Maybe for others of you, I'm never going to be good enough. 
Maybe for others of you, there is that thing that you need to capture where you say, you know what? I do. I think about it all the time. I'm never going to be that close to God. And you name and identify what that is. Now, the second foundational thought that I want you to think about this week and answer is this. Name the truth, then, that is going to demolish the stronghold. You know what that is. Now we've got to put a truth to it so we can demolish it. Growing up, I had three best buddies, uh, Mitch, Matt, and Chris, and regularly uh, we would spend the night at each other's house. And when we did, we always played one game, uh, no matter what, and that was hide and seek. And uh, any of you, I'm sure you've played that before, and it's a fun game. And when the four of us played it, it was fine. But one particular time, Mitch and Matt came from five brothers, the two of them, and three older brothers, and the three older brothers played. And it was Kevin and Keith and Mark. And when we played with them, it got aggressive. And it got wild and you really had to hide. And so I hid in this little closet, but immediately they found me. I don't know how they must have been cheating, but they found me. And when they found me, instead of opening the door and said, hey, we found you, they actually put their foot on the end of it and said, we found you. We're locking you in the closet all night. And then they kind of turned the handle a little bit and it sounded like it had locked. But the truth is, folks, there was no lock on the door. But you know what I never tried to do while I was in the closet? I never tried to open it. I just believed their lie. Now, when you're five years old and you're stuck in a closet and it's pitch dark and they tell you that they're going to lock you in there for the rest of the night, you start freaking out. And I started yelling out loud, let me out, let me out, let me out. No one let me out. Finally, I hate to lose my man card today, but I started crying, just pouring out tears. So, so scared. And the older brothers came up and they said these encouraging words. Hey, you cry, baby. It's been open the whole time. We lied to you. And all of a sudden, I opened that door, and I walked out, and I saw light, and I saw freedom. And I was like, yes! And I was set free. Now, what I'm going to share with some of you right now is worth the price of admission. And this is what I want to say to each of you and those of you on the stream as well. Some of you are locked in a prison and the only lock that is on the door is a lie. Let me say that again. Some of you are locked in a prison, but the only lock that is on the door is a lie. And Paul says this, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power. 
heavenly power, miraculous, explosive, dynamite power to demolish the lies of the evil one and to crush the strongholds. So what do we do? Paul says this, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And what do we do? We capture every thought and we make it obey Jesus Christ. We capture every thought and we make it obey Jesus Christ. When all of a sudden there's that negative pathway that hits our head, we go, no, 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 no. I'm stopping that. I'm capturing it. I'm going to make it uh, to obey Christ because we're going down a different destination that God has for me. I'm choosing a different road. I'm choosing a different path. Now, folks, I want you to know that on my own, I am unable to capture wrong thoughts and make them obey Jesus Christ. It's just too much. On your own, you are not strong enough to capture wrong thoughts and make them obey Jesus Christ. But here's the good news. You are never on your own. You see, God is always with you. He's always for you. And he actually has truths that he gives in his word. That's why we encourage you to read it. It helps your mind. There are truths there that can actually rebrand, rechange your thoughts. There are tons of words in the Bible to help you overcome your wrong thoughts. One of those passages is in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. God's divine power has given us, let me personalize it, God's divine power has given me everything I need to live a godly life. You have everything you need to live a godly life. And the more that you place those words in your mind, the less you listen to the lies and the more you listen to the truth. So if Satan tells you, you can't do this, you can't do this. No, 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 no. Scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Maybe for some of you, I can't get this all done. I'm so overwhelmed. I can't get everything done. No, no, no. Scripture says this. When I am weak, he makes me strong. Maybe you look in the mirror and you're just like all the time putting yourself down. Negative thoughts. I'm ugly. I'm not pretty. No, 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 no. Scripture says this, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm miserable. I'm just hurting all the time. No, no, no. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I'm alone. I am by myself. I'm all alone. No, no, no. God promises. He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You know, the Bible is filled with tons of truths to help you battle the lies. And what I was thinking about is that maybe for some of you, the New Year started and you're like, hey, I'm going to try out church. We're so glad you're here. Maybe for others of you on the stream, you're like, hey, I'm checking it out. But I don't know my Bible very well, and I'm not sure if I would know any truths. So I've decided to put myself out there to give this to you. If you will send me your lie this week to my email, chrisatthejar.org, I will find a truth in Scripture for you, and I will send it to you. 
Now, many of you can do this on your own. You don't need my help. You know the Bible well enough. But if you're like, I'm not so sure, send me that lie and I'll give you a truth. After the first celebration, I had a, a person walk out to me and they said, I've already sent you my lie. I was like, oh, and then they told me this. I'm going to be lighting up your email all day. So just send me one. Okay, don't send me all of them. Just send me just send me one. And we can have some truth that we can give to you. Chris at the jar dot org. Folks, this is what I really want you to know today. You are not who the enemy says you are. You are not those lies. You are who God says you are. And God says you are a treasured child, a treasured son, a treasured daughter of the most high God. Now, it's true that the direction of your life will go into the direction of your strongest thoughts. And whatever you put in your mind It does come out of your life. And if you don't have a positive life, it's probably because you have a negative mind. So what are we going to do? We're going to capture every thought, every lie, and we're going to make it obey Jesus Christ. And you can do that this week. Let's stand for closing prayer. Father, we've had uh, bad weather today. Some of us are looking forward to football this afternoon. We've been here in church for a while, and maybe we've gotten a few things and spaced out a little bit. But right now, God, through the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us to unlock the negative thoughts that are in our mind. God, would you give us power that comes from you to unlock those? God, would you set us free? Maybe some of you are standing right now and you're like, you know what? My thoughts are already racing and they do that all the time. And I'm overwhelmed by my stress and my anxiety and fears and it's constantly going And I can't stop and I need help to do that. And I'm telling you today, God wants to give you strength to program your mind in a new way so that you can have his thoughts. Today, he wants to put pathways of truth that are new into your mind. And if you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? I have had stinking thinking too, Chris. I really, really have. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to simply raise your hand. If you're on the stream, just type in right now. God, I need you to change my thinking and let me pray for you. Loving God, I thank you for each hand that's raised. I thank you for each person who's just typed in. God, I need you to change my thinking. God, help them to identify what it is that is holding them back and give them help, God, to identify a spiritual truth. 
And Lord, regardless of how long it takes, help them to never stop capturing every thought and making it obey you. Give them a spirit of perseverance, God, to not give up, to trust that you want to remove those lies if they'll simply turn to you and receive your truth. And I pray, God, that you would do that right now in the powerful name of Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. You can put your hands down. You know, today, for some of you, maybe what the problem is, is that for some of you, your prison, your problem, is that you just have a false belief about God. Your belief is that I'm not good enough for God to ever want to have anything to do with me. I mean, Chris, if I told you what I've done in my past, some of the things that have happened to me, there is no way that God would want a relationship with me. And I'm telling you, you got stinking thinking. That's not who the God is. Scripture says that God is love. That is his identity. And he says everyone, including you, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Because Jesus loved you so much that he went to a cross and he died on it so that you would not have to carry the weight of the lives of sin anymore, but you could be set free. And three days later, he rose again and he said, I'm going to give you new life as well. And so today, if you're like, I need that in my life, or you're like, I'm recommitting my life to Christ today, then I'm going to invite you to simply Pray a prayer, but you don't pray it alone. And so if you would, just close your eyes, open yourself up, and if you're comfortable with doing it, just simply repeat this prayer after me today. Heavenly Father, I give my life to you. Forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. Renew my mind with your truth. Capture the lies. Teach me your ways. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you, follow you, and serve you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.